play a little bit of everything, but like before mm. getting into Tarkov, it was Dark Souls and like just PvP. You know, I'm I'm the kind of guy that like speed runs through the story in that game and ignores everything just to get like an invader build ready yeah. to go grief some people. <laughs> and that's like legitimately why Tarkov hooked me so much. Welcome to Scav Talk, an Escape from Tarkov podcast with a continuing focus on development of the game, patch note analysis, theory crafting, and general gameplay discussions. My name is Church. I'm one of your hosts. I am a video editor for a content creator named Airwing Marine. And I'm Amy, a Tarkov YouTuber, helping players improve their gameplay knowledge and confidence. And today on the show, we have the man himself, J Dog the Wise, um, another you know, fantastic YouTube creator who I'm you know, very excited to have on today. Um, Welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's an absolute, it's an absolute pleasure. Um, so, yeah, how are you? How are you guys doing today? What's uh, what's been what's been going on? Good man, just uh, you know, trying to get that new world fix in. You know, what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Uh, just enjoying the last been playing new world, I think, except for me. But uh, you've been playing as well. <laughs> well, everybody's trying to play new world. Yeah. I don't know if everybody's actually playing New World, but yeah, yeah it's all, all of the all of the boys are on there. So honestly, it gets tiring playing games solo all the time. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't sure what to think about it at first, but I've been kind of hooked now. Yeah, that kind of makes sense. I mean, um, I mean, when you say all the boys, is that like um, like friends offline as well, or yeah, um, it's kind of like okay, okay, yeah, because like I, I've sort of you know the similar group too, and you do get driven kind of by these. Uh, you know, the offline the offline friends community does definitely drive like the game choice i'm actually quite surprised that uh, more people haven't been playing Diablo within my my group but um yeah new world hasn't really been picked up um by my lot which i think is the reason why i've kind of managed to avoid the hype i've just been watching everybody paste up numbers with many many thousands of people ahead of them in queues that seems to be most of what i picked <laughs> yeah. up from how it's gone so far i actually put quite a few hours into diablo in the couple days that it released before new world came out Okay. Okay. Neat. Neat. Yeah, I'm. I'm hoping to have a look at it at some point because I was a big player of D2, um, but I've just not really had time yet, for, to be honest, for either. Um. So, yeah, I'm glad that glad it's all going well and that things are you know things are fun and there's fun things to play. It's um it's very very good. But no, um yeah, we're we're super excited to have you on. I mean, we we try to have somebody on kind of every month or so, and it's just it's nice to get just to see kind of like a, a slice of you know the, the d- different people out there doing different things and then uh, you know especially for me i guess uh, you know i've been watching your stuff for ages right and you know channels especially like your own you know a, uh, you know they're a big influence on you know up and coming people like myself who've you know started started channels and just you know see what's out there and things so um you know you're, you're definitely a, a big influence on the community so that's kind of why like to begin with i wanted to ask you just things like how you got into Tarkov in the first place? Like, what made you become a content creator? Because, like, everybody seems to have a different um, a different route in, um, and it's always like, a bit of, bit of circumstance and a, you know a bit of randomness. So, I'm just yeah, I'd be interested to hear how how you entered in, into this crazy world. See, for me, and like I'd, I'd call myself one of like the first or second wave of like Tarkov players because mm. basically started playing like immediately after it went into like purchasable open beta phase um and like honestly i feel like it always is the same story for that era where it was like the jack frags video like it's like a legend in the community by now it was one of the first like really 
big YouTubers that made a video about it, like that was outside of the community so that people who had no idea what Tarkov was could kind of see it. That's what got me into Tarkov. I saw it and like the no HUD and like when he checked the magazine and the gun and it's like almost empty, like what? You don't have an ammo counter. It just looks so different from anything that I'd ever played before. I didn't even have a PC at the time. I had like an editing laptop that was like, yeah, I had a, I still have the laptop. It like has like a 950 mobile card or something in it. Like it's not a gaming laptop, (laughs) but like, that's what I played Tarkov on for like a year and a half at like 18 frames per second. I was just so into like how weird and difficult the game was. It's like, that's how I got into Tarkov. And then as far as getting into like content creation, it was something that I tried before in the past, like with other games like Mm -hmm. Siege and uh, For Honor and like a little bit of Dark Souls way back in the day. But I never like stuck with it before. And then there was like, basically I'd I'd worked a job as a newspaper reporter for a couple of years and due to like corporate mismanagement, I like felt forced out. So I quit and I moved back to my home province in Canada and I was like living on savings basically mm-hmm. living the, mm. the gamer bum life. <laughs> and I like looked around and there was a bunch of like people that made quest guides, a bunch of people that made loot guides and a bunch of people that made gameplay videos. But at that time there wasn't a lot of like equipment guides, like what armor is actually worth using, what bullet is actually worth. Like there were written guides, tons of like written guides by people like no food after midnight, mm-hmm. but there wasn't a lot of video guides. And so kind of like out of boredom, my first video ever was the body armor explained in 12 minutes or whatever. And (laughs) it just like, I think a lot of people felt the same way that there wasn't like guides like that at the time. There's hundreds of them now. Mm -hmm. But at the time, I kind of like hit a niche that wasn't being covered yet. And so that sort of just snowballed into like becoming YouTube partner. And then like once I started making a like little bit of money, like not I'm not. Uh, ain't no rich youtube celebrity or anything but like once it started actually making a little bit of money it was like okay i think like this is something that you got to ride out until the wells dry you know yeah yeah that kind of makes sense now it's it's it is a funny one i think especially when you like first do make youtube partner and you're just like huh this is <laughs> this is a, this is a kind of funny thing and it sort of you know puts it in context and as you say you know you you don't have to be, you know, some like massively mega wealthy YouTube person to kind of appreciate um, the fact that that's kind of like the first sort of step into content creation. And on YouTube, it makes it so straightforward. I think that's why a lot of people end up kind of delving down the rabbit hole a bit further because, you know, Twitch can be really quite difficult, um, especially, well, I mean, especially these days, whereas YouTube, you can make like very specific things that people are looking for. Um, and then, yeah, YouTube makes it so easy to kind of monetize the the content that you don't, really have to think about it all that much especially at the beginning um and and it you know can become it can become meaningful and, and mean that you don't have to be yeah you know doing the, the full-time grind for forever there's like you know there's a potential path to some kind of redemption um with it which is kind of, it's, it's kind of interesting yeah it's it is it is a really funny one um, part of it was also um like at the time i had just like built a gaming computer 
like I think before I made YouTube partner, it was like maybe four or five months before I finally got like my first ever PC so I could like play and stream Tarkov. Because mm-hmm. I tried to stream on that crappy laptop I was talking about, <laughs> and it was like, whew, no, like, yeah, like, man, I was playing at 10 frames per second, the stream was running at like two frames per second. And then, Next like, when I got piece. the other, yeah, when I got the other PC, I had I streamed for like four months to myself and my buddy, mm-hmm. right? Like, basically, like one, two viewers all the time. And yeah. then, after I put out that like YouTube video, all of a sudden, I got followers and people actually were watching the stream. And I was like, okay, so like I get it now. This is the promotion to try and get people into the stream that otherwise right. they'd have no reason to check out. And like that's why for the longest time, to me, like the YouTube channel was the main part of this. Mm-hmm. And then like the last year, I've been trying to grow the stream to like like side goal is to get partner, but I've seen so many other people with way bigger following than me not make partner that I'm like not too stressed about making twitch partner anymore but like putting the work in just to get the extra viewers and and like make it more worth your time was definitely still a good thing yeah that definitely makes sense um it's yeah it's just like yeah exactly it's it's so hard to know like what they actually do for criteria i mean i know that i'm i find like these days you know i I had a a baby like 11 months ago or something and so since then like my time has been like super compressed so you know streaming a ton of hours on twitch is like absolutely something that i definitely cannot do um and so you know i just kind of do it to chat with people and stuff and um yeah i'm completely chilled about that and yeah as you say people have had hundreds of viewers and and don't get it and they get rejected five times and stuff so i think like yeah you just you you do it you you do what you can to grow it and then um and then you just kind of uh, I don't know, yeah not, not stress about it too too much um i think especially if you're coming from like the youtube angle first it's it makes that easier too because you can just do that and that's on the side and like the youtube's promoting it and it all kind of feels like it snowballs on its own rather than that you know being like um you know, streaming is the number one thing and then you've got these other stuff because then it feels you know super bad if your main thing you don't get partner or whatever and it's um and it's such a high hurdle um yeah, but like, so what game were you playing before you played EFT? I'm, I'm, I'm interested. What's kind of like your, your background of, of video games? Are you like an FPS like exclusive guy? Do you like play other stuff? Like, what's your, what's your kind of deal? Dark Souls. Usually? Dark and that's Souls. why Tarkov dug its <laughs> filthy claws into me so much because, like, Tarkov is the Dark Souls of first-person shooters. Like, I, I played like over a thousand hours of every Dark Souls game. Mm-hmm. I bought them on like literally every generation of cons like i've given from software more money than i've ever given battle state and like that was the biggest game i played before getting into tarkov and also like PUBG when it was fresh like back when it was still something like new mm-hmm. it's like we played a lot of that was actually the first game that got me really into pc was uh, PUBG because that would run on my crappy laptop that i was mm-hmm. talking nice. about earlier not very well but like we could play PUBG and that was fun and like i, I played all the genres you know like yeah i've got a heavily modded skyrim file on my computer right now i've (laughs) I've done the arma thing i played like the old tom clancy games like early 2000s those were kind of my jam i don't really have like a specific type of game i like to play i just like to play good games games that hook me i guess they don't necessarily have to be like traditionally good i play a little bit of everything but like before Mm. getting into tarkov it was dark souls and like just pvp you know i'm I'm the kind of guy that like speed runs through the story in that game and ignores everything just to get like an invader build ready yeah. to go grief some people <laughs> and that's like legitimately why tarkov hooked me so much because it's like 
Dark Souls invasions, but that's the whole game. Like your whole purpose to me is to go in and kill people that are trying to get their quest done. And like that's that's Tarkov. <laughs> I was an evil bastard in Dark Souls. I had like I knew the choke points in every game yeah. that people had to go through in the story, and you could kill the same guy 20 times while he's trying to beat the boss i was i was evil in that game <laughs> that's awesome man i mean i've seen um a couple of friends actually playing dark souls but i've actually never played the game myself and i think that's partly because um because it's it, are there like ports on pc can you like can you play it on pc i'm not oh, yeah. sure you can play on pc okay um i think it's just partly because like it's mostly a console thing as far as i you know i, I don't i have not heard anybody playing on pc really um and most of the guys that i know play play on play on console so it just kind of passed me by but it's like it's definitely something that i would absolutely love i'm pretty sure if i actually properly got into it because I've, I've seen it be played and i've spoken to church before about other absolutely insane brutal games things like stupid games like i want to be the guy and stuff which are just like impossible mind-bending you know self-flagellation exercises a lot like most of the games that people tend to like um you know you do hear people also playing like league and dota 2 and stuff and it's uh you know any any game that kind of makes you hate yourself a little bit and that's you know makes us just perfect people to play eft <laughs> so um, um yeah that's not surprising to hear you say that because it kind of just you know all all just ties into the difficulty curve of, of eft and stuff um so moving on to i guess the first kind of like eft specific topic um you know i mentioned to you that we wanted to talk about kind of like some of the some of the weapons dynamics and like how the modding systems feel and that kind of stuff, given that it's kind of like your bread and butter. And obviously I, I do some stuff on it as well. Um, because I, I think it is, I think it is quite, it is, it is quite interesting. I mean, we could start with um, something that's, I always find is a, is a tough topic around the way that recall works in particular and how, how it works in EFT versus other games and really the influence of the modding system on that because it's such a controversial thing. And I know, you know, Nikita's basically said that he's, it's never going to change from the way it is. And it's such a deviation from the, from other FPSs where you don't have to pull down your mouse all the time. Um, and it's, I haven't actually seen it debated recently, probably because everyone's been so upset about other things, but, you know, it usually crops up um, fairly regularly with people saying this recall system is awful and, and, and that kind of thing. So, I don't know, what's your thoughts on it? Do you like it? Do you not like it? Do you think it should be changed? Uh, what's your what's your opinion? As far as like the base of the recoil system, like how your character auto pulls after a certain point on the recoil, it's I for the what Tarkov's trying to be, I don't necessarily think it's ideal, but I think we kind of have to like live with it. Uh in yeah. a lot of ways, especially if if the devs don't want to change it. And like I personally think that it is an exaggeration to say that like you don't have to control your recoil at all because you do in difficult shots you do like you can't just look through a four times with like an SA-58 and spray and like it'll magically go right where you want it because you're going to lose sight of your target and stuff like that I'd say that like just almost just like always it's certain weapons that just have far too low of recoil compared to others and like lately the last couple of wipes it really feels like it. We're just on like instead of having one gun that's meta for like three years, we have like six month slices where certain guns mm-hmm. are just like way too aggressive. And I personally, like I say it all the time on stream, I think that when they did the thirty percent global recoil increase, that that felt so good, and they should do it again. Like do it two more times. Do like an mm. extra sixty percent 
global recoil on everything. So that while, yes, it does pull down eventually, those first five shots where the recoil pulls your gun up are still going to screw your shots if you're just like, turn your brain off and hold the trigger down and shoot at somebody. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I mean, uh, I feel like, yeah, because this is kind of like, it's it's fine sort of in and of itself. This is well, my opinion on it. It's, it's okay as it is, like on its own. But then the way that it then interacts with, as you say, like different some guns have super low recoil anyway. And because of the way the modding system works, you can get a, a weapon like the Vector. And because of the way that it functions, it hardly moves at all at the beginning. And so that's kind of where, where you end up with some of these issues. And the same thing with the super modded M4s, where... The initial recoil is now just so little that it may as well not be there. And other guns still do; they still have the the, the pull up. Um, and that's kind and, of and you can use the, the same gun with two different builds and get a radically different mm-hmm. outcome for that recoil, right? Like the M4 is a really popular example because yeah, you can get the M, the recoil down to like twenty eight. I think is the lowest in this patch. But then like try doing the same thing with an M4 with like fifty five recoil, right? It doesn't work out. Yeah, it's like. I think one of the biggest problems with the modding system is just like how attachments work. Like the fact that there's only one recoil stat and it does the same thing on every weapon. Right. And then we're starting to see in the last couple of patches with um, like interchangeable attachments, like how you have suppressors that work for five, five, six and seven, six, two, and now seven, six, two by 39. And when they change the stat on the attachment, yeah, sure, it nerfs something like the mutant, but it also nerfs everything yeah. else that that attachment goes on, which then makes builds that were viable two days ago suddenly way less viable, mm-hmm. and it jacks up the price of that single attachment, which is the like one of my most biggest frustrations with the weapon modding scene lately is that it seems that every time it settles down and it's like okay nice we can build an sr25 with decent stats for like a decent price and then to nerf something else they nerf the attachment for that gun that like nobody uses already and then now that gun that already wasn't getting used gets used even less because something else uses it that's super meta at the moment i think like one solution to that would be to have attachments slightly buff or nerf themselves depending on what it's put on like i think that's a pretty common thing that you see in a lot of other games with like tons of different guns is that the values will be slightly tweaked when you put it on one thing compared to another because then it makes it easier for them to adjust the stats on the thing that's the problem at the moment instead of like hitting the one part that's used by other things and another thing that me and my chat have been talking about a lot lately is to separate the recoil values on attachments into horizontal and vertical so that like, cause right now there's like 24 grips in the game that nobody touches, even though yeah. they have like the same recoil stat as all the others, but this one has two more ergonomics or whatever. So mm-hmm. everybody just like uses that. I'm guilty of that too. I use the RVG foregrip on like everything Cause it's like, why would I pay three times more for like 1% more recoil or like two more ergonomics when you can just use this one foregrip all the time. And then also like, I think by splitting into vertical and horizontal recoil, it would give like muzzle brakes and stuff like that a lot more chance to shine because right now, like muzzle brakes are almost useless unless you attach a suppressor to them on like everything except AKs and like the Lantac stuff for 762. Mm-hmm. I really really miss back when suppressors you had to choose either 
good recoil compensator or kind of bad recoil, but you're quiet. And now it's like suppressors the best on everything and it doesn't make any yeah. sense. Yeah, it's very it's very weird for that kind of game balance thing. Like, I, there's a couple of things you alluded to, which is it is kind of interesting. We always like we always talk here on on um, on on this cast about choices and about like you know games are interesting when there's choices, and that's exactly what you're talking about here, right? It's like yes, the realism, but also you know giving people the choices of things and making people make hard decisions is what makes the, the game interesting in the first place. And so, yeah, having the, the best of all worlds is, is not, um, is not interesting, even though, you know, it's easy to do. It's not interesting because you just pick that one thing and you either pick a, the same foregrip over and over, or you just always pick suppressors because they're just out and out better than, than compensators. Um, and I've been trying to make, you know, non-suppressed loud builds work for ages and people always just tell me, oh, you're mental, you know, especially when you're playing solos. And they're like, no, you're completely crazy. Like, you know, why are you trying to do this? I'm like, I'm trying to make it work with the ergo and stuff. But like, you know, deep down, I kind of know that the suppressor builds probably are better. Um, but it's just, yeah, it's it's, it's very tricky, um, especially, as you say, with the way that all the attachments kind of, a, it's like the whole game's got like all strings attaching to everything. And you pull on one thing and it pulls on all these other things over here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah I that's think becoming cool. more, more of a problem lately. That like interconnectivity, where mm. yeah, like you say, you pull the string on one thing, and like the dominoes way over there fall over instead. And then yeah. also on that point about ergonomics, that's one more thing I think is that if ergonomics had a like something that was a way bigger impact, like maybe like break points like fifty, seventy five, and a hundred stuff like that, where you'd get certain bonuses for having good ergonomics, because like right now it really feels like ergonomics is just a bonus. It's like, let's get the recoil as low as we can. Yeah, and then like, sure. if you can get plus four or ergo here and there, like maybe we'll see, but mm. between suppressors having the best recoil and that huge ergonomics penalty, almost making it so that you like, can't really get good ergonomics on some guns without spending like a whole ton of money. Yeah. And then also ergonomics, like it, it does some of the bonuses, like obviously faster ADS, especially if you're using a scope, it's pretty good. The lower scope sway and uh, like quieter weapon movement are like the quieter weapon movement, I think, is a really overlooked feature of high ergonomics mm. that people don't really think about a lot. But I like I don't really even have an answer to like what could they do to ergonomics to make it feel better. But if there was a compelling reason to pick a high ergonomics build over a low recoil build, I think that would almost like overnight shake up what we do for weapon modding. Yeah, that's a that's a cool idea. I don't really know either, but like that's that's a good idea because yeah, as you say, most of the time, and it's usually the process that I follow is like, right, what's the best in terms of recoil, and then where can you make very small sacrifices so that it doesn't really matter, but you get a ton of ergonomics instead, and and there you go. Um, and so, yeah, just being like ADS speed and also the sound, it's not really enough compared to actually being able to shoot people with a gun. Um, in a lot of cases, I think the only thing that I do think that has been done well recently is with the suppressor ergonomics changes because, and with the mags as well, because now you can't have you can't have like everything, everything you can't have the suppressor and the sixty rounder, yeah. and also have like amazing ergo, and that's the one thing that yeah is kind of, yeah the best of all three worlds kind of thing with with the mags included. It is much trickier now to get like the sixties to work as well, which I think is is better, but. Yeah, most of the time it's just not enough of a choice, really. Which yeah, I, I do actually agree there that what they've been doing with extended mags, I think, is like a good step in the right direction. 
I've like noticed way more people running like 160 and a couple 30s this way really? as mm. opposed to the classic like 160 <laughs> in the gun 160 in the gamma like let's go <laughs> I like oh, I throw shade at literally anybody that I kill and like check their rig and it's like oh no mag like look at how immersed you are in this hardcore game <laughs> yeah we've talked a bunch about that as well because one of church's big big things is the secure container um We've spoken to uh, to some other community members at length about that as well, and um, yeah, it's this you know the, the butt mag gamer <laughs> kind of situation, which, as you say, it does make it interesting for for immersion. But um, yeah, it's, I it's think just that really, we've like... been we're like it's been a long time coming that we need like just this is kind of unrelated, but on the secure container topic, I've thought for like as long as I can remember that it needs to have a little progress bar for taking things out and putting things in, like. We're so like years ago, that should have been a thing. It would have killed hatchet running. People would be less angry about the container just being like your prison wallet. And like, yeah, I think that that's the best possible solution because it stops people cheesing mags in and out of it and grenades in and out of it. It makes it so if you like just miss the hatchet guy around the corner that he can't get the Bitcoin in his thing before you can kill him. It's like yeah. such a simple solution to a complex problem, but Sometimes I think that Battlestate hates simple solutions. They need to like feel like a PhD thesis every time they solve something. <laughs> yeah, because that's the thing that's so easy to code too. I don't know. Yeah, do you have any thoughts on this? It's your your topic of speciality. <laughs> this is my topic. <laughs> I mean, I feel like it would help. You know, like you were saying, Data. You know, it adds sort of like that extra little time, that buffer. It's like it, like even if like let's say it was five seconds, if it was still practical enough to like go behind the corner and you know butt swap <laughs> if it's still practical enough then people would still do it you know because i mean you're saving think of the money you're saving a drum mag plus you know m995 in there like that's a ton of money so if it's still practical we wouldn't do it i just i just think it just it just needs to be the root problem needs to be dealt with it's just you can the reason why people hatchet run is because it's just if you can get there first it's just guaranteed way to make to make money risk-free you're not you're never gonna lose money i mean the most you pay what like fourteen thousand rubles to therapists to heal but it's just guaranteed you know it's like the most reliable I way you gotta use the grizzly get that xp yeah there you go see <laughs> all, all the intricate player behaviors so i really think hatchet running is is a uh like fear of loss thing it's oh 100 like, the mechanics allow it like i when i first started playing tarkov i hatchet ran all the time yeah like, I speak about it openly. I don't, I'm not even ashamed to admit it. Like when I first started yeah. playing Tarkov, it was a different game then. Like, like they talked in uh, Veritas's like history of Tarkov video. And some of the people were talking about like a million rubles was like all the money in the world when the game first released. And now like, that's the price of a loadout. It's so, like things were way different back then, mm. but I used to hatchet run like on the clock until it hit midnight and then just do night vision runs. That's how I used to play Tarkov when I first started. Where did, where did you <laughs> used to hatchet run at? Uh, at that time it was either like when I first started using like the really outdated guides, it was like the factory office yeah, safe one. I've heard and of I this. quickly realized that one was like, it was like a trap. I don't, I can't remember who made that guide, but like it was, that was like a, just a bad decision. Like you don't, don't hatchet run factory to the safe. You're not going to make any money. But then at when I first started, it was actually to the shoreline rooms. So I was one of those, one of those boys. Okay. And yeah, because I've heard of someone they used to do the factory. One of the guys we had on the on the show, um, 
he used to do the factory safes thing because it was just like to him he was like gaming the system you know i can just like generate money yeah and not exactly lose anything you know and it's just like over time you can build enough money to run that big kit or whatever it's interesting that was also back in those days it was at the times where like level one traders wouldn't even sell the mags for the fucking pistols that they sold you know really? so like when you ran out of gear in like 0.4 tarkov like <laughs> proper didn't give you a package you couldn't like it, it sucked like when you yeah. lost your last akm mag and then you were just like ah, oh, like what and you couldn't top load the sks so if you didn't have any money like you were just screwed and like back then i thought hatchet running was like actually pretty legit but then the longer the game has gone on it's like like e easy in air quotes because like you can always just die at any time in tarkov but now i like honestly feel that making money like enough to afford like a basic basic kit it's like easy enough that i don't understand hatchet running currently like in modern tarkov mm -hmm. i don't really get where you have fun or like how you actually be successful doing it because i struggled to see how you could make enough money out of your gamma to then go and buy like more than one kit a day kind of thing but i don't really do it anymore so yeah yeah that's interesting uh, i i did a little bit of like hatchet running experiments <laughs> and uh i would but see this is it's kind of like there's like i don't know because there's kind of multiple different players i could see doing this like one you have like the people that just absolutely don't want to lose anything you know and so they hatchet run then two you have like the people that are just trying to like min max and i guess it kind of falls into that not losing category but like one of the things I was doing is I was going to interchange and just shoving, you know, graphics cards on my butt. Because if I die, well, it doesn't really matter that I can't put on the flea market and just put it in the Bitcoin farm, right? You know, it's almost like I got it for free, quote unquote. Um, and then the other one is like the players that are brand new to the game or like are just really unlucky and really struggling. Like the like a horrible situation would be like you have no gear, no money, your scabs on cooldown. What do you do? You want to play the game, you know? So what do you do? You hatch a run, I guess. It's like your only option. Like that's such a to me, that's just like such a really bad option. I, I feel I've and, and that was like how everybody felt back in the early days of Tarkov. That's why there was so many hatchets. Yeah, because then it's, it's crazy. Like, yeah. I just wish I'd played by then. I really do. I was saying it dude. was a totally different experience, but to be honest, like I will legitimately say that like the game at times was like the opposite of fun like even the tarkov sense of fun mm. because yeah it's like cool to hear these stories and everything and like the nostalgic look back but right. the nostalgic look back often doesn't remember certain things like <laughs> yeah. how three out of seven raids you would just be stuck in infinite loading and have to leave and lose all your stuff and like if we think desync's bad now it was <laughs> another level back then and like there was a lot of neat things about it but i think that it wasn't necessarily that the game was better. It's just that it was so fresh that everything about it hit really hard to mm. the people that were playing. And it was, there was no meta. There was no way to acquire the best gear all the time. And people weren't playing like that. And the people that were playing the game were generally from like survival games and stuff. So yeah, there was a lot of cool stuff about back in the day, but there was also a lot of crappy stuff about mm -hmm. back in the day and things like, uh pre-flea market 
when like you know you could innocently accidentally sell like a vital part to a gun and then you could like never use that gun again because you couldn't get the pistol grip anywhere you couldn't Ooh. get the gas block anywhere and like that kind of stuff was yeah. annoying but on the the topic of hatchet running one thing that i still do to this day in the early game and something i like honestly recommend to people if you get like flustered or frustrated or just like don't like or just tired of like dying in the stress of it is i'll go and load in with just a makarov and like two mags and like a sling backpack like this is like early game we're talking like mm -hmm, when you're broken mm -hmm. stuff i take my headphones off and like just run and not even care you know because it's like you have a gun to shoot the scabs you see and maybe even a random player you walk up behind. And I find that like half of the like jump scares in the game is all in your headphones. It's the loud noises and hearing people running around and chasing you. And it's yeah. like one step above hatchet running. You have a gun and you're like playing the game, quote unquote, but it's like <laughs> totally stress free. Yeah. And then sometimes you'll have a random run where you like walk up behind a player who wasn't listening and you kill him and then you just put your headphones on and you're back in the game and it's like okay cool we're playing tarkov now <laughs> that's awesome that's funny that's awesome i think i've done like a couple of scav runs uh like that in the past just like when i was stash running just like mindlessly whilst uh, kind of doing other stuff just like load in you're like you know editing or whatever and then you just like oh, you know just you're listening to a podcast or whatever it might be that's uh that is that's is cool that is that's cool yeah because i definitely agree with you that a lot of the it's the sound of Tarkov that's kind of like so immersive. I had um, I had my dad on for like an hour or something on my stream one time just because like he was he was in town and I wasn't going to stream. And um, I was like, actually, you know, I've got a good idea here. And after like an hour, he was like, God, I'm so done with, with this. He was like, I really enjoyed it. But like he was like, it's so claustrophobic, like just the, all the noises. It sounds like everything's right next to you. It's like you know, I'm just like hemmed in, in my own head. This is crazy um so it, it yeah it definitely is true i mean I, I still jump scare now yeah when i first started playing tarkov the sound of the grenades in my headphones was like so ear crushing that like when i knew that somebody threw a grenade at me i would like legit lift the <laughs> headphones off my ears because it was too much and like then i got into playing at like 75 percent sound volume which some people like criticize me for but mm. i'm like I don't know. I think just playing at a lower volume has made it so that like the jump scares are less and like I just listen more intently, I guess. Yeah. It wasn't as good before I got sound canceling headphones. If you're going to play at lower volume, you got to have sound canceling for sure. Mm. Yeah, I can see that. That's interesting because I actually did think about playing with sound canceling, but then never ended up doing it. But I actually decreased my volume slightly recently. Um, there's like a lot of chat about compressors and stuff on Reddit. So because some, some sounds are very, very, very loud and I'm still generally just thinking about it and you know wondering whether a lot of us are doing serious ear damage to ourselves because some of the some <laughs> of the stuff in the game is like really really loud and some things actually that you'd be surprised are super loud just like random sound effects which i only only realized when i started monitoring there's things like you know opening a can of sprats or something there's like one particular sound which is just like you know the peak audio is like actually really high but you don't yeah. notice because it's just you're just listening to it it's uh it's it's super weird it's super weird um Changing tact a little bit, I wanted to get your thoughts and just kind of open up the next section on um, the changes to leg meta. I mean, have how has that impacted like the way you're playing? Do you do leg meta that much? Um, have you felt a big difference in in your games? That was uh, have you have you felt about that one? Because it's quite big. Yeah, this is pretty significant. Yeah, I I thought I was gonna hate it, but I I I love it actually. <laughs> I, the my actual favorite like tarkov loadout right now is 
the P90 with R37F. Oh. Load that in the 50 rounders and just like eat legs. It's disgusting. It has 700 meters a second. You can like snipe people's legs out from them in the middle of a field. It's amazing. And like, I actually think that it's a good change. I do think that it is like, I don't even know if it's overtuned, honestly, because mm-hmm. leg bed has always killed pretty fast, like for quite a while now. And now it's like more consistent. And I think that is really what the buff was it wasn't that it's like faster it's just now instead of five to nine shots it's like five all the time five shots five shots i personally think that it's it's necessary to make it so that every player in the game has a viable way to kill someone at like a reasonable time to kill because like another thing about old tarkov that doesn't get (laughs) talked about a lot is like the tank meta yeah and it sucked. Like, it sucked. The closest I ever got to quitting Tarkov was hitting a guy uh, for 28 shots of 545 PS ammo into, like, a fast MT back when there was no face hitbox. Mm-hmm. And, like, him not dying. And then looking at the post-raid screen and being like, 28 shots hit? And, like, not even any flesh damage? What is going on? Like, that's the closest I ever got to quitting Tarkov. That was a long time ago, obviously, because there was yeah. no face hitbox. But, like, I really think that leg meta is a necessary evil, if you want to put it that way, because otherwise there's, like, no real way to give a lower-level person a good way to kill someone except headshots. And then if that if the headshot was the only viable way, then it's just, like, all the level 30s would wear Altins, like, more than they already do. Right. And last wipe, I was like a very vocal opponent of the KS 23 leg meta specifically. <laughs> Cause I think a like one tap leg meta is like harmful. It's just like when the Mosin would one tap to the chest through class five armor, those were like dark days in Tarkov too, <laughs> in my opinion. I'm like, don't know if, if it's like, if it doesn't need any more tweaking, you know, I think that they could always tweak it a little bit. And now that it's more consistent, they could maybe like reduce the damage a little bit so that because like I just use like five to eight as a random example. Right. But like now that it's like always a certain number of shots, Mm -hmm. maybe make it so that it's like one more on average per per gun. But I personally think it was a good change because like tons of people immediately after it was done in my chat were like, yeah, this feels great. Like I'm level 18 and I'm able to take down level 45 players because I feel confident that I can buy this cheap ammo and go for the legs. And like, as much as I hate the pre painkiller meta too, and that's like been around since the game started. And that's like the, one of the easiest com like things to combat leg meta is just always be loaded up on Mm painkillers. But as much as I hate that, it's like, that is kind of the answer. If you hate getting leg metaed, like find some waist high walls and shoot up. Yeah. Like you're fine. That's the thing, right? It is sort of like a, if you have the, your legs covered then the all of a sudden the flesh rounds really aren't that great like i guess you could try to him in the arms and maybe you'll but then like the arms what are they they have like a 0.75 multiplier on them or something that's so like seven that, yeah. flat yeah yeah so take a look maybe like one or two extra bullets and then like you know you might hit them in the chest and miss their you know arms like so it it i i kind of i kind of agree i've kind of been thinking like you know where does tarkov sit because like in in like to to use newer to, as an example, you know, if you're level seven versus like a level seventy guy or whatever, and he's got like all these like perks unlocked, like he's his power level is just like off the charts. Like if Tarkov 
And, and like you were saying, the old Tarkov, it was very much like that, like the level 40 guy with the juggernaut, you know, the, the uh, fast MT and the Ninja Turtle armor, like you could not kill him, you know. Um, and it was just like, what do you do? So like, how how do they want that to look as far as like the power curve? And I don't think they want, I, well, I kind of also agree with you. I don't want it to be so extreme where it's like everyone's running around with a Mosin. Like then you just sort of like nullify any meaningful progression because what's the point? I might as well just run around with an, a Mosin. It's like the most cost effective thing. So I don't know. It is, I do think that it would be in the best interest to have a very light power curve um, and still having like a focus on your skill and sort of like your preparation and, and your tactics, you know? I think that's yeah. one of the things that people miss the most about like the, the tanky Tarkov mm -hmm. was that like you call it the power curve. Like people really felt like as you gained level, you linearly became stronger mm. because you had gear that could really stand up to stuff. And a lot of it, I think, is as the ballistic system and like the armor system changes and evolves that also. And all the people complaining about leg meta, they're in for a rude awakening when we get like plate hitboxes and right. like your side's not going to be covered by armor anymore. And like, like, yeah, that that's going to be different. Yeah, that's things are going to hit different than like shotguns are going to be God tier when the slick <laughs> only covers like a tiny portion of your chest. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting. I actually almost I had a very similar um, experience to to yourself in terms of I, I wasn't actually nearly quitting the game, but I was like, right, I really need to rethink what I'm doing with my life. When because I, I was <laughs> the, my very first wipe, I went into to try and do Punisher Part Four, I think it was. Ran into resort and shot a guy like 24 times with a 74U and got killed. And was like, you look at the post raid and you're like, man, that's that, that sucks. And I did, I also distinctly remember being on shoreline as well, just like outside near power station. And shooting a guy with like PS out of like a 762 gun. Um, and like hitting this guy like eight times or something, like seven or eight times, and being like, Man, how like how is he not dead? Like, how does he just like turn around and just like shoot me up on this cliff edge? This this is like mm. really annoying. And I was like thinking back then of just like, oh sure, like maybe there should be like some kind of shock system or something, like you get shot too much, or whatever. But it, it probably was just you know incidental of that bug that's been in the game forever, in that you know, the more blacked out stuff you have, the lower the less and less and less and less damage you're taking, which is you know, comes to like through Veritas's work and all that kind of stuff. Um, and so now with that being changed, like the games that I have played, I agree with you. It actually feels quite good. I wasn't sure if I was going to like it or not. Um, and it's it's almost, it's interesting to me because you know, you've kind of got like Juggernaut meta, no one can kill the Chads. Mosin meta, everyone can kill the Chads. And it's, you know, they've removed that. And we've kind of gone, we went sort of back towards, you know, Juggernaut meta kind of, or um, well, I guess just like good rounds meta, I suppose. And then, but with this change, it, it's almost kind of starting, like I can sort of see it in my mind turning into like a rock, paper, scissors kind of thing where it's just like, okay, you're the Chad with all the gear, right? And you've got the, the meta stuff, you're like slick or whatever, but you're countered by the leg meta guy because mm -hmm. he can also shoot stomach because you've got like, the, you know, the thorax only armor. And so the guy who's like got level five on, he's actually less likely to be killed by leg meta because he's also protected down to his, his stomach too. Like, yeah, he can be killed, but um but you're, you know, if you're your like kind of intermediate player, might actually stand more of a chance against that. And it's it's interesting because yeah, you give every player a chance to kill somebody, so long as it isn't instant. I agree with you because the KS is is you know kind of kind of crappy. But the player who has more gear can two shot you through the chest because they're just going to pen you and you're going to die. And the other guy, yeah, maybe it takes like five six shots or something to leg meta you or like a couple of shots with a shotgun because they're kind of situational. And then it's sort of like yeah, as I said, this rock paper scissors thing where it's like. 
you know, there's one loadout that's not the best for everything. It's like, well, you're you're running this thing, and so you're you're weak against this, but then you're better against this. And some other guy, well, he's still weak against the Chaz because he's not running the top tier because he's running level five, but it might be better because he's got a killer on, so he's got stomach protection too. It's like I quite I quite like that sort of interplay. And yeah, when as armor changes with the armor hitboxes, and hopefully when they get these like the proper plate modeling in, that'll be super nice. That will just kind of tilt it even more towards that. So maybe they'll need to detune it a bit then, um, but we'll see. But I, I quite I like the way that that interplay um it's kind of working out now and it feels all right I've, i'm i'm typically really bad at leg meta um just because i find it so hard to mm-hmm. like shoot at people's feet i have to really think about it and you know right this guy's coming aim at the legs like aim at the legs and then i ended up overcompensating i actually got told off by chat last time for shooting people's like in the toes because it was like way too low i'm like trying to overcompensate for it like shooting the floor and like missing like the tops of the thighs and stuff so it's just it's a bit of a mess for me but I've had a couple of successful ones with it and it feels, you know, it feels all right, especially if you get the jump on somebody and you position yourself well. As you said, you can put yourself behind the walls. So there's positional things that you can do. If you're running the Chad laid out with, with all the all the meta gear, you can shoot anybody really anywhere. All, their chest is always going to be exposed because they're shooting at you with the gun. So you can always kill them, but they can't always kill you if they're using this thing because it's slightly situational. So it's like, you know, the swings and roundabouts of the, yeah. the expensive kit versus the weaker kit. And it's like, yeah, situational, maybe take slightly longer, whatever, but you still stand a chance. And that's the point, right? That's the hope of Tarkov. It's kind of back. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, like I, I've always thought that the game's more fun when like everyone can be a threat. Where yeah. like not not even that long ago, like not even well, I don't know. It's it's hard because I've been playing nothing but Tarkov for so long. Sometimes it's like I gotta think like, has it been like two years since that change <laughs> happened or whatever? But like it's more fun when everybody can be a threat. And I remember like it doesn't feel like too long ago. When, like, you would hear someone shoot a shotgun, I would almost have, like, an inner chuckle and be like, <laughs> like, this guy doesn't stand a chance. You just push the corner and kill him all the time. And now it's, like, flipped completely, where if, like, mm. I'm in a building and I hear somebody rack a shotgun on a reload, I'm like, oh, covering my knees, like, getting down behind cover, just so, like, like knowing that they're a threat and that they can kill me mm. if I don't play the situation right. And, like, to me, that's peak tarkov like Mm. even when i'm rich enough to run the best stuff quote unquote all the time Mm -hmm. i like i don't like to because i find it the most fun using different things and like trying different tactics and trying to play from like an immersive standpoint even when like technically i could just like run infinite loadouts and not go broke i'm not there right now this is like the (laughs) brokest i've ever been in tarkov in quite a long time but I don't know, like, I, I just love being level 45 and seeing somebody with a packet and an SKS and knowing that, like, if I don't play this right, that guy's going to walk away with my M4. Yeah. Like, I think it's more fun that way. And it boggles my mind sometimes how upset people get about changes that make it so that you're, like, a little less powerful when you have mm. lots of gear. Because to me, like, that's what the game's all about is like scavenging for what we can get mm-hmm. and like running what you need for the situation and yeah, yeah yeah like we've talked about this before and you know people people always complain about you know reserve scabs and that kind of thing but i i do quite i like having lots of player scabs around it's you know you i think i said this in the last the last cast that we did that you basically get you know you incentivize people to play as the enemy 
you know, in, in, a, in a game. So rather than have to play against AI all the time, you get to play against people who do random stuff and they've got crappy loadouts. Like we, we saw the, um, the scav stats from the, the weekend event and you're, you know, you're, very, you're actually very unlikely to get killed by a player scav as a PMC. Like it's really not, it's really not a high likelihood at all. Um, but it's, it's fun to play against them. And these people who, you know, they haven't had to pay for anything. So they're not, they're playing without fear. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're kind of like defending yourself against them. I actually quite like reserve with, with all the player scouts. Like, yeah, you know, you don't get out as many times or you, know, you forced away from certain areas of loot or whatever, but it makes it a lot more interesting. I, I like to be challenged and it kind of makes a better story, um, for, for the raid when it's full of action and stuff rather than just wandering I'm, around. And I'm very evil when it comes to my opinion on, on, the uh, complaints about player scavs. Like, I agree with you that I think it's more fun when there's lots of player scavs. Cause like, maybe it's just cause I've done it thousands of times, but like walking around and waiting for an AI scav to stop moving and pivot and then shooting it once in the head, it yeah. gets old, like so fast. Yeah. I've, we've been talking in my chat about like, I think my dream scav event right now uh, is give scab players a five minute head start into the raid before the PMCs like load in a full loadout of player scavs into the map that could set up ambushes guard choke yeah. points, all that stuff it like forces you to clear corners it makes like more of like intelligent traps and stuff in areas where like an ai scav like wouldn't really cut it to like guard loot right. or whatever yes it would be awkward because those scavs would probably just go in and grab all the loot and get ready to leave but you could maybe just like not let them extract until the pmc's spawn in but that's my biggest beef with Scav Karma right now as well, is that it's it was very cool early game being able to free farm as a Scav. <laughs> and like I apparently have very good luck because I never get murdered by other player Scavs. Like, so I was just able to free farm like hundreds of runs on... Well, that might be an exaggeration because I don't really play much Scav. But I find it just so boring going in as a Scav and nobody's shooting at each other. Mm. And there's no PMCs left like ever. I don't yeah. know if it's just bad luck for me. But, like, I never find PMCs on scab runs, which is why I'd love an event where the scabs get to load in first and actually get to fight with a full lobby of PMCs. Yeah, I have the same. I have exactly the same experience as you. I never get killed and I never see any PMCs. It's, it's exactly the same. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, let me because I'm still in the muscle memory of it when I start up, you know, do a stream or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, let's uh, let's run, let's let's do a scab run to warm up and i'm just like well, let me just run around interchange just looting i'm like well that didn't warm me up at all i didn't get to shoot at anything i'd be better off doing like an offline raid on horde mode or something that's probably a better way to open these days just because it's yeah it's just it's i think it's we're, we've gone from kill on site through too far through to the other way and now it's just kill no one ever um and even when you do event like very occasionally see a pmc you're like is that a scav and then you get shot in the head with m995 and you're like ah no <laughs> So it's uh, yeah, <laughs> it's it's an interesting one. I think it's it's probably gone a bit too far the other way. So that that sounds like a super cool idea. I am actually I'm well up for that. If yeah. you put that in as an um, as an idea for an event, that's um that 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 could be awesome. That could that could be. I awesome. like that. Like, I don't actually know if there's a way to get this these ideas I, to BSG. Yeah, I really wish that they would hail mary more with these events. And yeah, now that we've normalized them, like I wish they would go nuts on everyone. Like. Mm. I don't like I don't like being a pessimist about Tarkov because I find that there is like too much of it out there and mm-hmm. it's like a self-defeating cycle where if we're all just going to be pessimists about the game like we're going to kill the game, you know? Like the community <laughs> can kill the game by just turning everybody off from it, right? Mm-hmm. But like 
the last the the event that they did like the day that Diablo 2 remastered came out like a pretty decent sized release that a lot of people like like Tarkov kind of skews to an older demographic too so like a lot mm-hmm. of nostalgic Diablo 2 players were probably pretty stoked to check out D2 that day and they released an event with like a unique vodka bottle and it's like like how do you go from a banger of an event one week to then like let's just put a different vodka in guys like that'll <laughs> That'll tide people over, right? I really wish that they would hail Mary more and just go nuts with these events because the ones with like the shoreline boss event, like Tarkov hasn't popped off like that in a long time. The all bosses on reserve event, like that brought back people that probably were just like done playing Tarkov because it was so fun for a weekend. And like it's it's hard because if they do hail Mary crazy events like that every week, then scarcity goes out the window because like every raid there's like 10 labs cards getting sold on the flea market like every reserve run when all the bosses were on there yeah so it's hard to balance with the scarcity but like that's one thing that i've always felt is missing from tarkov is like the insanity like we see the remnants of these huge battles on the maps like reserve you know there's mortar holes bullet holes explosions buildings blown open like every map has the remnants of these crazy fights but there's not really like big crazy showdowns in the actual Tarkov gameplay. And sometimes going to play like a, a PVE shooter where you like, you know, you do nothing but hold down the trigger and shoot at stuff for like an hour, you know, and you're constantly on edge trying to like survive. Sometimes I wish that Tarkov had some of that in it. Like it can't be the whole game, obviously, as this like big PVE showdown. But I think it would be like such a good like catharsis from constantly getting one tapped to be able to load into some kind of special event that's like four players versus 50 scabs or something from mm-hmm. a defended position and have just like just free for all blasting at these scabs and stuff. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think that's that's honestly not a bad idea. I mean, I think that's one of the reasons why people play factory so much. And that's why it's so important for the, for the game, right? Cause you, you get instant action and um, I guess it's similar to, to labs as well, but I tend to play factory cause I'm not good enough to play labs really, but Dude, uh... I don't play labs. Either. Just don't, don't even worry about it. Don't even worry about it. It's a cursed place. No, don't you worry. I don't worry about it. I don't, I don't worry about it at all. Like the people are either way too good or they've got an extremely good gaming chair. So I just kind of, you know, I, st- I stay away, except for the, in the very occasional one. But no, Labs is actually, like, just to go on a little bit of a tangent here, too. Like, when Labs first released, it, like, was what I just described, you know? Mm. Like, I don't know mm. if you guys were playing the game when Labs first dropped. It no. was, like... Never been the, free for me. There were so many raiders on the map. It was pandemonium. Like, <laughs> they spawned immediately, right? Mm. People didn't have to go press buttons. And that's one thing I hate about new labs is that if you can control the button areas, you can, like, prevent the raiders from spawning for so long that you, like, can kind of kill all the players if you're a really sick PvP guy. Mm. And then just, like, you can kind of have the map to yourself to farm raiders. I like when labs first released, you loaded in and within a minute, there was just like constant gunfire and grenades and you'd walk by hallways with like a dead five man and like 20 Raider corpses piled up at the door. And it was so cool. It was so much fun. And then like, as it's gone on now, it feels like sometimes you like will press every button on the map and you won't even get any Raiders to spawn. And then like, 
everybody's just cowering in a corner waiting for the other players to die and the raiders to spawn or they're sprinting around just like clearing out all the angles that they know people are going to be sitting at and like i really miss it when there was so much pve on that map that it pushed people out of position and left you open to getting third party like it mm. was so much fun yeah because that's part of the partly the thing you know once you know the map so well then you need something to kind of flush you out otherwise it as you say becomes kind of predictable and and, and that kind of thing which yeah i don't know I, I, yeah and i played like some labs i, I it, labs tends to be the where i end up going like at the end of the wipe um and, but i didn't do that last wipe i did actually a lot more reserve uh just partly because of the way they ended up running but yeah labs is it's such a funny one it's just kind of like big boys big boys factory i guess <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. So I, I suppose this is like um, we've kind of already touched on it already a bit about like EFTs, like sort of present and future and stuff. And have you played much with the um, the the new kind of? I know there's dynamic loot's been like the big topic, right? In the, in the past couple of weeks, have you played with this this new buff? I, I love the people come out with. Um, Oh, who is it? Logical Solutions. He comes out and he says, "Like this number has been increased by twenty six percent. What does what does it do? Nobody knows. Let's go and play and see and see what happens." Have you have you played with it? Does it have you felt a difference? Uh, I haven't played in like the last two. Well, no, I did play a little bit yesterday. Actually, I played like three hours after New World crashed, and like it actually felt pretty good. Um, it's kind of ironic because when they first like announced the like start of events to start changing loot modifiers and stuff. Mm-hmm. Initially, I was like super positive about it because it felt like the right step where like, oh, now maybe people won't just rush to like this same spot every raid, but like people still do and then just complain that there's nothing to find there. And I can I can understand where the complaints are coming from now, especially as someone who like I don't consider myself as like a PvP god, but it's my favorite part of the game. So I like to throw myself into the fights, even if I know I'm going to lose like a lot Mm. of the time, you know, and I get some of the frustration now where like, you know, shoreline's my favorite map. I love playing shoreline, but sometimes I hate playing it on stream when you just get like a free resort and there's like nothing and it's just crickets. And then you run out and you do it again. And like, I do kind of see the complaints now, from that perspective about like we we legitimately need some kind of hotspot system to concentrate the pvp for people who just want to fight other people who are looking to throw down you know Mm. there's like opportunistic pvp like posting up at a sniper spot over a quest location to take out random people that happen to be going by and then there's like people looking to like rumble in the Thunderdome PVP, like running mm-hmm. to resort and just looking to throw down and either you die or I die. Like one of us is going home and one of us <laughs> isn't. Um, so I can kind of see the argument from there, but at the same time, I think that people also have to understand that like the loot's going to eventually go this way anyway. Like yeah. we're not supposed to find everything all the time. You're not supposed to get a lead X every three raids, mm-hmm. you know? It was like that for a long time, but when things change, it's like we can't just scream about it and expect it to be changed back because it's what we want, because it's not our game as much as we feel like it is. I just really think that there's this game called Vigor on the consoles that's like, it's like a console Tarkov light type game. Mm. It's made by the Bohemia Studios, I think, the ones that made Arma. And it's like, 
it's not the best game in the world, but it has some like really interesting ideas that I think Tarkov type games should take. And in that game, every time you load into a map, there's two guaranteed loot hotspots, but they're different every game. So like you're told where they're going to be. You get like kind of a radio message about where they're going to be, but you don't know where they're going to be before you load into the game. Okay. And it's, I think that something like that would really fit Tarkov because Yes, it gets boring fighting over the same hotspot every single raid. Yeah. But if there was a different hotspot every raid, like I'm just going to use Shoreline as an example again cuz I it's my favorite map. Like if the hotspot would change sometimes to the power station or the hotspot would change sometimes to the swamp village or something like that, it would totally change the flow of the raids. It'd be less predictable. It would make it less spawn dependent cuz that's one of the biggest things I liked about that bigger game is that the spawns were equally as random and kind of shitty as Tarkov is sometimes, but the bad spawn wasn't always the bad spawn. Sometimes yeah. you would get the bad spawn and you'd be next to the hot spot. So you'd like, oh shit, I know I got the bad spawn and there's people all around me, but I can run in there, grab the stuff and try and hoof it out. And mm. like it worked out for me at the end of the day. And I think that more randomness is the answer to a lot of Tarkov's problems. It's just in the short term, it was done kind of kind of half-assed where they just like they didn't they didn't move the loot they even self-admitted that they didn't move anything they just changed the rates that items spawn right so it's not like the value got redistributed it's not like the lead x is gone so there's five hundred thousand rubles of loot elsewhere it's just like yeah this room spawns less but you have a higher chance to like get a sugar off of a box somewhere in the map right and I think that a lot of people just refuse to adapt and I don't feel bad at saying that like, that's your fault. Like if you, if you just expected to still be able to get 10 lead X a, a day, even though they nerfed the locked room spawn rates, it's like, well, that's you going and like banging your head against the wall, knowing that it's not going to succeed. But I still think that the change itself wasn't necessarily done in the best way. And now they've done the typical BSG thing and like waited a bit too long to flip it back you know they like to flip the switch and let people freak out and then wait like a week too long to flip things back <laughs> and so i really am looking forward to seeing how they change it more but currently right now i do understand why people are so frustrated about it yeah because i think like we've, we have started to see or at least i've started to see kind of the the sentiment changing back people being like oh i can find some stuff again and that kind of thing and because i think that dynamic loot in and of itself is a great idea as you say that it's maybe a bit scuffed in the way that they've done it but they i, I do think they have to think quite carefully about locked rooms because unless you're going to change the system quite significantly it's like you just kind of take the point out of of that and as you say without another hotspot system then there's just like people just milling around all over the place and it's like kind of unstructured which Maybe it's good in some ways, but again, you know, when people are looking for PvP or whatever, I mean, maybe that's just not the way they want it to be. But I think from a player's perspective, it's nice to be able to go into raids and kind of like know how to get what you want out of that raid, right? If you want to just go in, loot some stuff, try to be quiet, whatever, you can build up your experience and knowledge of where people go and that kind of thing. But when when the, that stuff's all kind of broken down and the, the locked rooms are, are useless and people don't even, you know, what's the point in taking the keys anymore and all the keys have got no value and nothing spawns in there. Um, it, you know, it gets, it does get quite frustrating and yeah, people, people are kind of annoying on social media about not being able to find the stuff in the, in the right places and they do need to change the, you know, 
their mentality and their play style about it and that kind of thing too. But it's so yeah, it's also on BSG to try and come up with something that's actually interesting because just like moving the loot around so it's just like all over the place. I don't think that's going to lead to like an interesting outcome from a gameplay perspective. So it's uh yeah, it's a it's a fine balance. It's definitely a fine and balance. People also like even outside of like Tarkov and gaming, people don't like change to something that yeah. they enjoy or do a lot. And I've noticed like one thing, a pretty common like thread of thinking is that like people get to a certain point where say you're running like class five, six armor and a good build and good ammo and four grenades and a meds and propotol and everything, every raid people get kind of obsessed with, uh, trying to maintain that like the expectation that like I should now be able to run this badass kit every raid from here until eternity because like I've played this amount of hours and like that's just how it should be and I think that like sometimes people gotta realize that when the economy changes you gotta change your spending habits too like people like to beak me in in chat sometimes about how I like I half and half my mags like I put cheap ammo on the bottom expensive ammo up top I buy like Gen 4 armor instead of a killer vest because it's half the price for the same protection. And like just little things like that that end up saving you a lot of money and you still run a really good kit. Mm-hmm. It's like some people just get it's it's almost like they're looking at the gear like a best in slot MMO item, right? Like it's like, yeah, if you don't have if there's not a slick in your chest spot. You're like doing it wrong. It's like, well, no, not necessarily like. I've always thought that level six armor was sort of a in a weird paradoxical place because like almost almost any bullet that's going to go through class like five is probably going to go through class six, like in the same amount of shots most of the time. So like there's there's a lot of things that people do from a mentality standpoint that sort of almost handicaps their enjoyment of the game. But I'm also always come to the the thought process of like, well, if that is what they enjoy doing, like I can't tell them that they're wrong for wanting to do that. I can say that they're wrong for expecting it to be easy to keep it up. Yeah. But like everybody gets their own fun out of the game. And like, who am I to tell you that like what you're doing is like bad? Yeah. I mean that that's that's the same reason as why, you know, you see some you'll see something on the flea which is like one ergo more and it's the best in slot thing it's like literally <laughs> twice the price of the one that's like one like ergo 10 less. times like, the price like twice yeah, is and, way too low yeah and you're just like really like spend that much money just to have you know what that one like little stat like it's gonna make no practical difference like it's kind of funny you know but, the thing um, that like watching other people stream tarkov the one thing that always makes me go like oh god did you really just do that is when they they're on the weapon preset screen and they just hit the like buy all and assemble button and all i can think of is like oh you just like bought like trader prices for those attachments and it's so much more expensive i like can't wrap my head around it because even when i have 30 million rubles or something i'm still like do i want to put 10 m61 in that mag or do i want to put like 15 (laughs) like i don't know i'm like obsessed with min maxing my budget and i think that's why my weapon builds always go over so well too is because like I sit there with a calculator and try yeah. and figure out like, is that one point of recoil worth the like 25 K? Yeah. Like probably not. Yeah. And that also comes from dark souls where like the, the min maxing in that game was about trying to get the most benefit from the lowest stat allotment so that you could do things at a lower level and <laughs> still be just as effective. And that's why I like making weapon builds. I think so much it's like, 
it's like making like a tuner car like a tuner racing car where you're like you shave one gram off and you're like okay that's gonna be a really big deal <laughs> that's yeah it's neat it's super super neat I, I think it's going to be interesting as tarkov develops just to see kind of where it goes because as a lot of people have pointed out when you end up getting to the end and you have infinite rubles and you play the game with infinite stuff people may like to play the game that way um but they get bored and it's clear that the people who played a lot and are playing it in that way we get kind of bored um and i think that people who play in a more immersive way you know you look at people like dan exert or whatever and they don't run best in slot stuff at all and he always has fun and just continues to play the way he wants to because it's more about the game and what happens like in the raids rather than just like the general progression system like yeah the progression system's great but I, I always talk about this but people forget that you know there is no progression system in like PUBG, cs call of duty whatever you know people just play lobbies to play the game and tarkov is yeah there is some waiting around and stuff as well which maybe it doesn't really help with this with this situation but yeah you have the economy and whatever and it's complicated but like the game itself is still really really solid and i think some people get very obsessed with the progression system um, and then there's nothing to do because the quests are gone. But like, how many FPS games have quests? I mean, it's we're spoiled, maybe, you know? On that, what you just said there about there's like a little bit of waiting. That's something that like I didn't realize until pretty recently how much that was actually impacting my enjoyment. Like, mm. it took a long time for it to grind me down. Like, it really did. But lately, like, I've been playing quite a few different games other than Tarkov, like, not because I'm like, oh, Tarkov dead game, but just because there's finally like a a lot of other games that are like in a good spot or releasing right now that are like worth not maybe not worth playing, but like that I'm looking forward to playing that I wanted to play yeah. games like Hunt Showdown that like, you know, they add really good patches and stuff like that. And like playing Hunt on stream a couple weeks ago and seeing like you click play and you're in the game. It's just like <laughs> you click matchmake and it's yeah. like loading in and you're like in the game and then like playing diablo like the amount of of clicks per minute that i had in that game or like actions per minute compared to something like tarkov where it's like okay it's going to take a minute for the server to realize i'm there and then it's going to take four minutes to load the game and then we got 20 minutes uh deploying screen then you got four to five minutes running into the shoreline resort and then you get killed by sanitar around the first corner and it's like Shit, now I got five minutes to load up <laughs> yeah. and then another five minutes to load into the game and then yeah. another five minutes to run to the resort. And it's like, like sometimes, sometimes it's the best part of the game. Like one thing about Tarkov compared to most other shooters is that a lot of games don't give you that feeling of being just caught completely off guard. You didn't expect somebody to be there. You didn't expect the guy to be laying in the bush. Sometimes that's the best part of Tarkov, but a lot of times it is the worst, especially when you start to turn your brain off because you're tired of like waiting in queue and you're tired of running to the resort and whatever. And that's why like I, I firmly think that sometimes taking a like four day break off of Tarkov is the best thing you can do for yourself. It's like a little vacation and you come back and you're playing slower and you're thinking better and you're making better decisions and you're like more interested in the game. And it's really, I hate saying it, but sometimes like you just got to stop playing for a couple of days and come back and like, you'll be amazed at how much more fun it is. Yeah, I, I definitely think that's true. Like it's, it's funny because the only other game that's kind of similar, cause you, you know, the waiting thing is it's kind of bad. I do wish that there was some way to like play around with your stash and stuff while you were loading in. Right? There's no need to have a full splash screen over the top, but it's interesting yeah. that you say that you haven't really noticed it because I've kind of gone to Tarkov 
from Dota 2 beforehand, which is a lot of waiting, you know, getting everyone in the party, sitting in the queue, making the draft, finally into the game, one minute timer, then the horn goes off, then you get to start playing. And it's like, that's a long time. And then PUBG before that, which also had awful queue systems, long wait times, the plane, the flyover, the parachute. It's like a lot of waiting stuff. So like maybe I've also just kind of got Stockholm Syndrome with these kind of games now where I'm just like, no, the waiting time is completely fine because I'm just so used to just waiting forever to get into anything. But there is something to be said about making people wait kind of artificially anyway to sort of increase the stakes right if you like insta respawn insta respawn there's not really anything um kind of stopping you from just like running and playing gung-ho whereas it like makes you think a bit more it reminds me of uh, back when we used to play like the original daisy mod and you know nothing would happen for like two hours and then someone would just get shot in the head out of nowhere and like those moments were insane they weren't (laughs) worth the two hours and so tarkov's kind of like you know bringing that into like a sort of sensible level Mm. where yeah it builds attention yeah there's you know some wait time yes you've got to invest in your loadout so that there's that feeling of um well being invested in in the raid that you're in but without you know the, the, the hours and hours of barren empty landscape and no one being there which is kind of like a lot of the experience for me of daisy and it you know the that was a great game, but you basically need to play it like your real life. Um, or at least it was like that back down in the, in the alpha. So I think Tarkov kind of like hits on that fairly well. But yeah, it can get it can get annoying after a while and grind you down, at which point go and play something else where you just see, you know, coloured lights and get all well, get a huge dopamine rush for a couple of days could actually really help. Yeah, for me, it's the loading screens. Like, I, I really don't mind the time it takes to traverse the map, especially because like we were talking about unpredictability, like... To me, the that's like peak Tarkov is when you're going somewhere you don't expect people to be and then end up having a cool fight with like mm-hmm. a, against a little squad that's stuck in a house or something. Yeah. But the loading screens really for me, and that's like an optimization thing, honestly. And I'll be crucified for saying this, but like it, it was almost better back when it would give people late spawns if their computer wouldn't load faster. Like it's not, it's not better because yeah. yes, it sucks to spawn late, but like sometimes that extra three minutes of waiting, like it's not always three minutes, but sometimes it can be a long time. It really like can get draining, especially like when you're trying to sit there on stream and be entertaining, but you're just sitting at a loading screen and there's nothing to do. You're just watching your guy reload that MDR for like the tenth time. <laughs> I, I know what you mean. I actually, with, with streaming, I actually feel in some ways, in some ways, it's kind of. But at least you have somebody to talk to. Like I got, I quite like um, having chat there just to kind of you know pass the time in some ways. So there's, I don't know, there's there's, there's pros and cons. But like I find when I'm solo, especially and like playing offline, and I'm just like, God, like it's not even long enough to actually really do anything. You know, like I'll load someone else's stream up and then three minutes later, it's like, oh, the game's loading. And I'm like, well, I didn't even really get to see, like they just ran from one place to another. There was no gunfight and I was to turn their stream off because otherwise their sound's going to be in my headphones and it's going to be awful. So yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. Um, hopefully they can make the queue times a bit shorter at some point. I'd like it if they could. That'd be quite nice. But The next Unity engine update. I got faith. Oh yeah, yeah. it's gonna solve it's gonna fix everything. I'm huffing gonna, so much copium, it's not even funny right now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. The last one was a pretty dramatic step forward. And like oh, really? people in my in my chat who are like uh, amateur game devs and stuff mm-hmm. like that, they've said that this next version of Unity is supposed to be like the gold standard. So like who that's knows how much that's just like reckless optimism, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully it changes a lot. We'll see. It yeah, can't, it can't. It can't be. It can't be. Can't be worse, right? It can't. Well, can't be worse. Say that. <laughs> don't well. jinx it. 
<laughs> all on. right well we're kind of uh, we're kind of running to the end is there any anything else church you wanted to to ask or uh or, or j-dog anything else that you wanted to bring up before we before we kind of like wrap it up ah this was fun Not really anything specific no i'm like just like to the Tarkov community, like let's let's not like kill our own game with pessimism and like rabid hate. That's really like the only soapbox that I got to stand on. <laughs> like, if you're frustrated, like we're all adults, and it's it's you could just step away. If you're not having fun, it's easy to just step away and come back when there's something else that's better. Like let's let's just not kill the game with toxicity on the internet. That's that's my soapbox. Yeah, uh, that's fair enough. I can get you know, it's an that. interesting one when, when I, I find myself spending more time on the talk of Reddit than I do on the talk of Twitter, which is these are dangerous times, you know, <laughs> the dangerous times. Cool. Thanks, thanks for coming cool. on the show, Jade. I will have to get you in again because I feel like there's just so much more we could talk about and a lot more uh, questions to ask and get your opinion on. Yeah, well, we'll have to stay in touch. Yeah. Yeah, it's been super super fun. So thank you for coming along. It's been it's been absolutely fantastic. Shall we Yeah, uh... boys. Thanks for the invite. Ooh, All right. Cool. Well, we'll see you guys next week. Uh thanks for tuning in. Have a good one. Catch you later.